0: In this episode, we learn all about Steve. But really, can anyone learn all about Steve? Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington.
1: I'm Brock Mahan.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Elliot is gone. He didn't die. Enough about Elliot. <laughs> yeah.
1: what's, what's Brock's story?
0: <laughs> well, no. Let's uh, just for a second. Elliot is out in California. He's I'm sure he he's is. Pr- he's laying the groundwork for his wedding. And what a groundwork. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like John the Baptist for his own wedding.
1: He's preparing. <laughs> um that's how prolific he is mm-hmm. is that he he uh not only is he the savior of his wedding he's also the uh, the hype man for it <laughs> yeah he's like he's like my wedding to that 2010
0: bitches that's what hype man does it sounds right? a lot like yeah. a lot, a lot if john really
1: the baptist like... came back today that's
0: exactly what he would sound like but uh brock why don't you uh tell us a little bit about yourself Stuart was asking you Beforehand, I said, save it for the podcast. Well, I mean,
2: we've done one of these before, and I don't remember all the stuff about Brock, and I want to build, you know, I really...
1: All about Brock?
2: Yeah, I want to be all about Brock tonight. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, I'm a TV writer. Uh, I wrote for a show on uh, True TV called "The Smoking Gun Presents: The World's Dumbest." Uh, I'm also one of the editors of a publication that Dan McCoy is a frequent and prolific contributor to, called Wim Quarterly. Um, that uh, issues available? Yes, uh, at wimquarterly.com. Buy and, them, please. And uh, at one store in Brooklyn, if you uh, make your way <laughs> to uh, Desert Island Comics in, <laughs> in Williamsburg, there's exactly one copy left. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, that's that's,
2: that's that, good to hear. You should you, know I mean? you should run don't walk yeah to that to that store. Yeah, it's only one copy.
0: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> if one of the listeners gets that one remaining copy, we should probably give them some sort of prize.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Send us an email at uh, the folks yeah. at whimquarterly.com dot and uh, yeah, we'll we'll figure out something from the archives to send you. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Brock was with us once before for uh, for Paul Blart Mall Cop. And when we asked him to come again, he said, all right, but I want something, I want a really bad movie this time. And I'm very pleased that you kept up your end of the deal. (laughs) Yeah, no, we... Spoiler alert. In spades, we came up with the Razzie Award winning... All about Steve. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Wait, is that a spoiler for the podcast the fact that we yeah, watched yeah, All yeah. About Steve? <laughs>
1: Guess what? We're talking about a
0: movie. Yeah, yeah. we
2: have, well we haven't gotten to the I, big well, reveal I think about that,
0: what movie we're gonna watch yet. I mean, it will probably be in the title of the the podcast. Oh
2: yeah, and you put the like movie poster.
0: Yeah, I usually put all the information on the website. What's
2: the movie poster for this one look like?
0: Uh, I assume Sandra Bullock uh, figures in it prominently. Okay, maybe some red boots. Mhm. Ah, uh, yeah. Is it do you put like a link to the movie trailer or do I have to go to IMDb for I that? put a link to the Wikipedia synopsis. Oh, okay. on the on the page because sometimes I feel like we are remiss in giving enough synopsis information for people to follow along. Mm. So, it, I just feel like if people really want to know what's going on, they can go to Wikipedia beforehand and then they can understand what we're saying about the movie. I mean, like, you know, I got—I want to address this. Uh, our mutual friend Brad uh, Stewart. He's, he's no friend of mine. <laughs> okay. He—he uh, he criticized us about sometimes getting off the topic of the movies. What? And there's a lot of digressions in the flop house. What? And I think that the thing is, like, to me, The Flophouse has always been a comedy show. Wait a minute. That's about movies. Wait a minute, But I think Dan. Brad thinks it's a movie show about that's got some comedy in it.
2: Wait a minute, Dan. Your cat is climbing into a box right now. That's adorable. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, again, uh, point illustrated. The, that's
0: the sort of digression <laughs> that I'm sure Brad is talking about. I mean... If this was a video podcast, and we could show the cat going into the box,
1: I think well, that everyone would agree that Okay, it's let me describe
2: it. It's hilarious, and uh-huh. wait, the cat's
1: now smelling uh, the table. Okay. Which, believe me, is more adorable than going into the box. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> totally. Well, now that we've angered Brad by spending uh, 12 minutes up top describing okay. something about the cat that he can't see, uh, we watched All About Steve. Okay. Stewart. A comedy rom-com, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In the absence of Elliot, would you like to take lead on synopsizing this movie? Well, I was going to make Brock do it because he's our
2: guest. holy shit. All right. And because I don't pay that close attention to these movies. Yeah.
1: Um, All right, I'll give it a shot. Well, uh, for starters, I learned much less about Steve Wozniak than I thought it was going to, (laughs) uh, which was disappointing. But um, All right, well, I guess it's the story of... uh, uh, a crossword puzzle editor, mm-hmm. um, uh, a crypto-verbalist, I believe. Yeah,
0: someone, um, someone who writes crosswords.
1: Uh, and uh, she's very good at her job. Uh, she's very good at cranking out crossword puzzles, but somehow can't get that same order into her personal life. Uh, mm-hmm. She lives with her parents. Uh, she has had little success. Her parents,
0: Howard Hessman and the lady who was in charge of Sparkle Motion yeah, and uh, Dan Darko. Gene, that, was, that, was uh, from, uh, that was the guy
2: from. That was the guy from. From uh, heavy the, class, mm-hmm.
0: right? Well, also WKRP in Cincinnati. Doctor um, Johnny Fever,
2: but he
1: was in head of the class, right? He was. Mm, he was before. the non. He was the non-Billy <laughs> Connolly guy. In
0: Just head of as class. Francis
1: Ford Coppola was the director of Jack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So this, yeah, this cryptoverbalist, this crossword puzzle uh, editor, um, lives at home with her parents. Uh, mm-hmm. Isn't uh, is striking out when it comes to uh, to finding uh, physical companionship of the opposite sex. Uh okay. so her parents decide to set her up on a blind date uh with Is the it te- ever
0: Is it ever established by the way how they know Steve? No,
1: it isn't at all. Okay. Yeah. Um I assume they seem like cool people that might be just one of their young friends that they like to make.
0: Yeah, I mean Howard Hesman's involved. Maybe he he's like Steve's dealer. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Sure. Anyway. Like a dealer or what? Um <laughs> A lot of these curious. I was thinking marijuana, but it could be rare books. Sure, okay, why not? Yeah.
1: Okay. He does have a striking, uh, Howard Hassman in this film has a striking resemblance to uh, Allen Ginsberg. So uh, mm-hmm. it could be, you know, that seems like something he would deal in. You know, yeah. Uh, rare first volumes, uh, leather bound mm-hmm. volumes. And this Steve character seems like he would uh, partake in those. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. He seems like a reader. Yeah, a, rena- a real renaissance man. That's what yeah. I think of when I think of Bradley Cooper.
2: I think chiseled uh, chiseled abs and pecs.
0: Mm-hmm. I think ridiculous gelled hair. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. I think of perfectly manicured
0: uh, chest hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Come on, Dan. Can you I keep it
1: up? Think keep of wet, Hot American Summer. Uh,
2: okay. So continue,
1: bro Okay. So, um, so yes, uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, a.k.a. Steve, um, uh, they go out on their blind date. Um, mm-hmm. he meets, uh, meets Sandra Bullock's character at, uh, her parents' house, and she is immediately smitten, uh, so much so that she has to go upstairs to her bedroom and redo her entire wardrobe. Yeah, to make uh, it more hookery. Yes, I think that's the only way to describe it. <laughs> Although, uh, weirdly enough, she has, uh, she does have, uh, believe it or not, she has a few character quirks. Uh, one, uh, one. Surely being. not. I know it's shocked me too but uh one of them is that she wears uh I guess like knee high red leather boots all the time platform uh, boots yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she's clearly because th- they
0: make her uh 10 toes feel like they're what was it like like 10 friends on a camping trip together mm-hmm. so the, the you know spoiler alert that that's why that's why she wears those boots. Thanks that mystery is solved, <laughs> by the yeah. you know, You'll be wondering all through the movie, why does she wear those boots? And then at the end, there's a monologue that explains why she wears those boots.
2: I thought it was because she worked part-time for a foot fetish website. It's
0: possible. I don't think that you know, writing uh, crosswords is a very lucrative profession.
1: So she needs to put work part-time as a foot fetish model. Mm-hmm. Sure. And being a crossword puzzle editor, she probably knows the exact term used to describe uh, a foot model fetishist.
0: And yeah. by the way, crossword puzzle
1: writer um bullshit quirky job for a bullshit quirky rom-com anyway go, carry on uh, okay so she goes up she changes her outfit uh, uh steve uh decides you know okay let's let's go to a restaurant uh, they get into their jeep and and sandra just cannot contain herself like a dog in heat just pounces on this uh the, this poor steve um you know uh, uh mauls his face with with kisses yeah it uh, should be a
0: cougar I I don't think that this movie wants us to think that she is a cougar, but looking at her in this movie, well, like she technically she probably, seems right? like a cougar. Yeah, I mean, how old was she in Demolition? I Man? don't know. I mean, she's she's not in the spring of her years anymore. She's still an attractive lady, but they do not make her look attractive in this movie. Okay, I mean, particularly when she doffs her top, because mm-hmm. you can you can see the like the the wrinkles in her sternum, like her 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 breastbone is clearly visible through the thin sheen of
1: skin it's her most prominent feature in <laughs> yeah, that scene exactly yeah. um yeah and so that yeah uh things get hot and heavy uh the the top comes off and uh so for some reason that's never quite explained bradley cooper starts to get turned off mm-hmm. uh and it's almost immediately after he places both his hands on her breast so i assume it has something to do with the the shape and texture of, of her mammary glands <laughs> uh-huh. um or Brazier. i mean come on it's true it was pretty tacky knock her small boobs oh
0: you
2: think it was How the size ahead? you think it was the size of her breast yeah duh he's <laughs> okay. a dude
0: okay oh, god <laughs> i mean you know some gentlemen like a proportional breast They aren't uh, large weird. breast sure. fetishists like you are so Stuart. Weird.
2: Okay. uh yeah sorry about getting derailed brock Let's that's fine move on. i know that i do a lot of digressions about mm-hmm. things and stuff yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, so, so Bradley Cooper immediately, I have to get out of this situation, uh, you know, I'm feeling like the audience, this is the most unsexy thing I've ever witnessed or been a part of. Yeah. Uh, so he makes up a lie, cause he's a, uh, a TV news cameraman. Yeah, he needs a smoke bomb out of there, right? Exactly. Uh, and his smoke bomb comes in the form of a fake phone call saying that there's something going on in Boston. Yeah, okay.
0: uh, Beantown. Sure. Mm, USA. Sorry. (laughs) now i'm just just derailing you not to make any valuable contributions
1: no that was hilarious okay
0: well sorry continue um
1: okay so so there's breaking news in boston uh i gotta go i really wish you could come but unfortunately the news is my mistress and uh, i must heed her beck and call Mm -hmm. um so the next day uh, Sondra Bullock uh, is is still swooning over this this chance encounter in uh, in uh, uh, I guess like an eighty eight Bronco uh, with no backseat. Right. Sure. Um, uh, a real love mobile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. This dry hump on top of softball equipment has, has been so uh, mind blowingly <laughs> erotic that uh, I'm now. That's m- not a euphemism for <laughs> a package, right? <laughs> Uh she uh she decides I'm gonna I'm gonna make a crossword puzzle all about Steve. I'm going yeah. to uh to, titled all about Steve. In exactly. Fact. And uh I'm going to I'm gonna hey, that the
2: title of the movie, Dan? Holy shit. Clever stuff. Continue, bro. <laughs> uh
1: so I, I'm going to deliver this crossword to to my editor. He is going to print it sight on scene. It's gonna go out to uh to all the seven thousand four hundred and two readers in the Sacramento area. Uh and, uh, and this is how I will declare my love for Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, due to his own incompetence, uh, her editor uh, sends this out without proofreading it, of course, uh, and uh, instantly blames Sandra Bullock for his mistake and fires her on the spot, um, thus making her uh, now free to travel about the country and follow her new true love, Steve. Where are they going to get the rest of their fucking crosswords from? Like, I'm number. sure
0: there's a syndicated crossword okay. <laughs> uh, you know, service.
2: I don't buy it. I think <laughs> you don't, they're going to replace you it with Sudoku or you don't buy the, Fox or some shit. You're going to buy that
0: every newspaper in the country doesn't have their own dedicated crossword writer.
2: Yeah, like <laughs> the city of Sacramento. Sure. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, so yeah, she follows uh, Steve around. She, you know, like there's a three there's a three-legged baby. There's a big controversy about a three-legged baby, so she yes, follows him a there. A
1: story big enough that uh apparently this this major news uh television news syndicate that's based in Sacramento sends their one reporter out to cover Thomas uh, Hayden Church. Yes, played by Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, wings.
0: <laughs> yes, that's his most significant role. You will not talk about All him right, being roll. in sideways. You will not talk about him being the Sandman in Spider-Man 3. Lowell from Wings. That's that's how we all know Thomas Hayden Church.
1: Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, the majority of Act 2 is is uh, is Sandra Bullock uh, tracking down uh, Steve wherever he may, uh, wherever uh, his assignments call.
0: Yeah. yeah various news stories. hmm uh, And
2: she's a crazy stalker, basically. Mm-hmm. And And like all Crazy Stalkers, she develops a following of weirdos and quirky people. Weirdos. Including including DJ Qualls from one of my favorite movies of all time, The New Guy, where he plays the titular (laughs) character, who is, in fact, a new guy.
0: (laughs) He is a new guy. Yeah, DJ Qualls and Katie Mixon from uh, the hit HBO series Eastbound and Down, where she uh, is the love interest for one, uh, what's his name? For, uh, uh, for Kenny Powers, yeah, Kenny by Powers, Kenny McBride. yeah, mm. a uh, a Jody Jody Hill joint. But anyway, so uh, how right. how does this all come come to a head, Brock?
1: Uh, so yeah, they they uh, Sandra Bullock uh, keeps tracking uh, tracking down Steve wherever he goes, uh, goaded on by Thomas Hayden Church's uh, Hampton Hughes, uh, the dashing mm. newsman who Hartman
2: Hartman Hughes. Hartman
1: Hughes. Yes, I'm sorry, an even stranger non name. <laughs> Uh, who apparently takes some sort of perverse pleasure out of torturing Steve by goading his stalker on him?
0: Yeah, there's no motivation uh, established, but uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Other than comedic motivation. Well, no, I mean, like as you said, uh, Stuart, you're like I would totally fuck with my friends if they had a stalker. And Thomas Hayden Good Church. Morning
2: to all my friends <laughs> out there.
0: <laughs> that seems to be his own only motivation. He pulls Sandra Bullock aside and he's like, "Look, Steve is in love with you. Don't don't listen to him if he says any words like." kooky or crazy or lunatic like sure. you know just Steve wants you just follow him around the country and he takes great joy in uh letting Sandra Bullock know where Steve will be at any moment in time so she could follow him and harass him mm-hmm. sexually
1: yeah pretty much uh they 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 wind up in Texas where a a rare hurricane tornado combination is pounding the Galveston area mm-hmm. uh, they uh they run into some cicadas uh <laughs> yeah
0: uh, there are cicadas in the
1: movie. Then uh, I guess yeah. After the the tornado, what they uh, they hitch a ride to uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania, I believe, where a a school class of deaf children have fallen <laughs> into a giant sinkhole.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's an, an abandoned mine what? <laughs>
2: they must have not heard the single. They, they did not hear <laughs> the single. Boom. Hilarious. Yeah, you
0: you showed those deaf children. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, a bunch of deaf children fell into an abandoned mine and there's a whole like there's a baby Jessica times ten situation going on. Um and Thomas Hayne Church is out there and uh, yeah, and uh Sandra Bullock following Steve comes. And she comes and she runs. She's like she sees Steve across the the meadow,
2: and he looks yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Mm. And I'm like, oh, I finally! After so many days of traveling across the country, I'm going to be reunited with Steve. And she runs across the meadow when she, when towards Steve.
2: It, when she said it, it was kind of higher pitched, and she managed to oh, fit gonna, in a lot of
0: a lot Steve. of trivia, more trivia. You know, as as Voltaire said, I will. I disagree with what you say, but I'll defend your death the right to say it. No, I like and, it. Good. And he, she runs across the meadow, and she
1: falls down the fucking sinkhole. Directly into it. It's not yeah. like a rim shot. It's, it's you know, it's swish down the mine yeah. uh, to its... Uh... I was expecting her legs to kick out comically.
0: <laughs> now she runs directly into a hole. Like, there's a reason that everyone's there. And, like, there's there's firemen, there's, there's a big crane, which... but she runs
1: right into the hole. Not to get off on too much of a diatribe, but uh, is apparently one of the motifs of the film... Which and everybody is terrible at their job. Mm. Sandra Bullock's editor uh, publishes her crossword puzzle without even looking at it. Uh, these news, uh, <laughs> these uh, Thomas Hayden Church's uh, uh, newscaster uh, is is more than willing to just make up stuff on the spot. Uh, at, at some point, Bradley Cooper drops his camera.
0: Um. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a there's a bus driver yeah. who deliberately leaves Sandra Bullock by the side of the ro- road mm. just because she's irritating. Yes.
1: These uh the 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 teachers that are guarding this class of of deaf children let them aimlessly just run ahead of them. Um, mm. uh, and then
2: they he, miscount the number of deaf children that get pulled out of the. Hole. Yeah. There's
1: no buddy
0: system here. Mm-hmm. Like there's just w- there's one child. Who is still down there when Sandra Bullock falls down into the hole? Yeah, when
2: she does like a Pepe Le Pew, like floating on winds of love after Bradley Cooper yeah. and falls down the hole.
0: But anyway, uh, you know, to wrap up the story, uh, Sandra Bullock uh, figures out a way to do like a counterweight thing with the uh, the the the. the the crane like the crane has already like fallen halfway down the the sequel so they can't use it normally but she figures out a way of like using it as like a pulley and like p- pulling a counterweight and uh thomas hayden church has like jumped down the hole because he feels guilty about luring sandra bullock out here so she can fall down the hole and so uh sandra bullock just adds a few more rocks to the counterweight and she gets up out of the hole apparently it was a rock mine <laughs> and she, yeah
2: and she but not until after she's had her like smeagol and gollum like moment where she you know she talks to herself for a while in front of this mm-hmm. deaf girl
0: mm-hmm. and the deaf girl says that she talks too much
2: well she doesn't say that she signs
0: it mm-hmm. it's not the but same. that's the irony of it
2: oh right
0: yeah but uh, then at the end bradley cooper um has come to realize that sandra bullock is special and not just in a mentally like uh deficient way
1: uh, in the words of the tv newscast that he overhears uh she's crazy smart like ted kaczynski uh, and yeah, he thinks that's an unfair characterization of Totally
0: her. unmotivated. This other this other channel Ted Kaczynski is, was
2: smart in a completely different way.
0: This other channel is smearing Sandra Bullock for no reason. This woman who's just fallen down a hole. Like, that's all they know about her. Like, Granted, oh, this... she fell down the hole because she's an idiot. <laughs> it's
2: or, true. Or very unobservant. But then
0: they're like, oh, she's tra- crazy smart like this, uh, this, this homegrown terrorist. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Bradley Cooper <laughs> defends her by saying, she sees things other people don't mm-hmm. see, which does not include holes in the ground, now, <laughs> because other people see that, but she's quite oblivious. But if it,
1: anything, uh, you're better off in life being able to see holes in the ground than any uh, sort of hidden insight into people's souls or, uh, or uh, you know, erudite knowledge. But Sandra Bullock makes her way out
2: of the hole. But if she hadn't fallen in that hole... That deaf girl probably would have gotten eaten by Chugs or Magman <laughs> sure. or some shit.
0: More people. No, it's fine. She, it, it was also the good, but uh, and also uh, Bradley Cooper learned that uh, you know Sandra Bullock had something to offer. Yeah, a lesson. But they do not end up together. Weird. They, there's not enough. You know, there's not enough there. Where's the rom in this com? There's no rom. There's no no ROM? rom in this com. Uh, Sandra Bullock is uh, hoisted on her. On the shoulders of her supporters Who just support her basically because she fell down a well You know like that's it Like it's baby Jessica all over yeah, again Aspiring
1: politicians fall down a hole <laughs> Yeah exactly Well I think that Ace in the Hole
0: taught us that Years <laughs> and years and years ago But uh and Bradley Cooper looks on Shaking his head as if to say like Oh Sandra Bullock you know yeah. Wicked smart but we can't have a relationship But but God bless her Yeah, You know God bless that crazy girl She probably wasn't pretty good in bed though she would have been. She would have been a, would have been a demon in bed. Yeah, like <laughs> would stay on. <laughs>
2: nice. That's that's pretty crazy. Okay. Um. So yeah, that was pretty much. The, oh, Jason Jones is in this. He's funny. A lot
0: of fucking people are in this. Carrie Kenny Silver from the State and Reno Nine Eleven yep, has a small sure. role. As we said, uh, DJ Call, Katie Mixon, uh, MC Gainey, as people know, is a Mister Friendly from Lost. Was sure. in this movie as a trucker who gave Sandra Bullock a ride. That's good casting. Wait, yeah, like. The the as I said before, like the below the line cast is amazing on this movie. Uh, Keith David, Keith David <laughs> Who as you might uh, know from
2: many video game voiceover works.
0: Yeah, or the guy that uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper fought with in They Live. <laughs> sure, but uh, he was the boss of Bradley Cooper and uh, Thomas Hayden Church.
1: Like a really a, a strong cast. They all they all read the script for all about Steve and they're like sign me fucking up. And I might point out that uh, yes, Steve's boss is terrible. uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just to continue that theme, he frequently puts things on the air live without any sort of pre-taping or without any sort of uh, coaching as to what's actually going to be covered. That sounds Uh, about
0: right. Yeah, there's a there's a thing where there's a hostage situation where there's a dead horse, and Tom Hagen Church is making a big deal about the dead horse, but apparently the dead horse is just trained to fall over when he hears a gunshot, and there was a backfiring car. And so that was a big
1: story that went out live.
2: It was a very unfunny scene that we all had to watch. (laughs) Which, uh, uh,
1: uh, Pardon the question again. But uh, how much longer is a backfiring car going to be able to be a comedic trope? I mean, nobody has standard transmissions anymore. It's all automatic. Cars don't backfire anymore.
0: You're ruining uh, me living in this neighborhood, Brock, because... (laughs) For the audience, for the for the people who don't know where I live, the, the all which would be all of the Flophouse audience, um, I we live in tell. not a I live in not a terrible neighborhood, but a neighborhood where I constantly hear things where I'm like, are those gunshots? Sure. And I tell myself that they're backfiring they're cars. And backfiring you're telling cars, me that cars, they're
1: champagne they're... popping. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> somebody listening to the TV too loud. And it's we a should also pipe?
1: fill in that Dan does live in a neighborhood that has lots of champagne popping going on. Lots <laughs> to celebrate in this neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Life has been good to everybody who lives around these parts, Brooklyn. <laughs> so yeah, you're, uh, yeah, Brooklyn. you're telling
0: me that those are all gunshots. So all right, thank you mm-hmm. for that. Anywho, so, uh,
2: at least they're not like crossbows. Mm-hmm. That'd be weird. That would be <laughs> weird. You'd be on the lookout for vampires or some shit. Yeah.
0: If I heard a lot of bolts whizzing through the air, <laughs>
2: yeah, like crossbow bolts. Yeah.
0: Um. So speaking of crossbows okay the presentation of crosswords in this film is a little strange to me first off Sandra Bullock as we said uh rom-com she has to have a quirky job and the job that they gave her was crossword writer yeah that bothers you (laughs) it does bother me. well there's a lot of weird stuff like uh, the first scene that we see her you know interacting with her editors her going in and insisting like hey we could do crosswords five days a week, and it could be like the Times, and like there'd be an easy one on Monday and a hard one on uh, you know Friday, and and uh and the guys like um yeah we we're a small newspaper we can't do crosswords every day we every weekday so apparently there's just one crossword a week for this newspaper, and I think that most newspapers that carry a crossword actually have crosswords all through the week. I yeah, think that's if only typical. so
2: people will you know like. We'll read it every week and
0: do well, I think like that, the crossword. I mean, as print fails, like the crossword is actually something that is still popular. People actually care about it. I mean it's you know, now that the Sudoku has come along, it's less popular, but people care about the crossword. So that was weird to me. Number one
1: and uh, also it was weird to me that then he used that as a an opportunity to uh, not only edit her, her work but also edit her life the way she lives it uh, <laughs> saying why don't you be more normal
0: yeah like, why, don't go go why don't you, you go have a date instead of out, coming yeah. out with extra crosswords why don't you go out to uh, Chili's and give yeah, a night, have a nice it's meal mar- margarita night yeah it's ultimate margaritas at Chili's but also the, all of that Steve, as we talked about. This crossword got through the we got greenlit, got through the got editing process. Yeah. I mean, uh, there were there were you know questions like you know number one across would be something like Steve's eye color, you know, like number two across would be like what Steve's lips taste like. What they was strange
2: through. was people's reaction to it though, because yeah. we first see the reaction before finding out what it, what the crossword actually was made mm-hmm. up of, mm-hmm. and people are like, this doesn't make sense. Well, well like, that was What's fine. What's going on here? But that does, what doesn't make sense to me is that, like, it's pretty clear that they just don't know who Steve is. Like, what color are Steve's eyes? Yeah, like, I I don't know who the fuck Steve is. Like, I does, It's not that it doesn't make sense. Like, It's not like they're trying to have me ma- make a crossword in, like, three dimensions or something. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't make sense. But, like... <laughs> that I I blow would blow your fucking like, <laughs> mind. I would just be like, well... I don't know who Steve is, so that I'm not. I can't answer this. Yeah, it's bu- too difficult. It's a bullshit question. It's too difficult, is what I'm trying to say. It's not like they broke the con- the, the laws of crosswords. I
0: think that, no. I think it actually is more like they broke the laws of crosswords because like when you when you do a because you lose you're, gold wasn't
2: one of the questions. Well, no, but you're entering
0: <laughs> into you're entering in, into a pact with the crossword writer. Like okay, this is this is general knowledge. This is somehow knowable. Man. Yeah, <laughs> rather than
1: like this is about a guy that I met. <laughs> But although I would like to see Will Shores put together something about a guy he met. <laughs> if only just to see that that window into his soul open up. These well, are the people he hangs out with. He has a sure. mustache, just like Ste or just like Will.
0: Yeah. No, but what bothered me more was like in that montage, like it started out like normal, like people like you know, doing the crossword on the bus. Like, oh, I hate this crossword. This doesn't make any sense. But then there was literally a scene where there, it was a bathroom, uh, and all of the people in the bathroom stall. It, the camera panned down from one person in a bathroom stall to the next person, the next person, and they're all apparently doing this crossword at the same time, complaining about this crossword. And this is a town where, like, crosswords are the bees knees. Everyone does the crossword, and apparently everybody uses the toilet at the same time because <laughs> yes. there
1: were no empty stalls.
0: <laughs> yes, everyone does the crossword while on the toilet and ta- discusses. That's why the they all because that's
2: what they're doing is. Working the crossword in the toilet. In this day and age of, like, portable electronic devices, you would think that there wouldn't be quite as many people that are going nuts about the local
0: paper's crosswords. Yeah, I do do the crossword on my iPhone, but I do not do the local crossword.
2: Oh, really? I you do, do whatever crossword. like a fancy crossword?
0: <laughs> I just, sure, whatever. I, well, I mean, as a, sure. New York, as a New Yorker, I have to say the local crossword is too hard for me. <laughs> oh, okay. I do the onions crossword, which is easier. Okay, that's good. But anyway. You lose gold
2: on there a lot? You and you lose gold. It's a
0: great movie, dude. <laughs>
2: sure. So, uh, what else is going on with this movie? <laughs> I didn't really care about the crossword stuff. and uh, okay. There wasn't any romance. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't... Was there any I mean Jason, I
0: actually I laughed at a couple of the Jason Jones jokes. Yeah, Jason mm-hmm. Jones acquitted himself well. His I mean, game. We're, we were talking about how it was bad that Elliot was it was good that Elliot was not here because Elliot may need For to a make, lot of reasons. make fun of uh, his coworker Jason Jones, but Jason Jones was one of the bright spots in the film. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, he came out of the movie relatively unscathed, I feel like. Uh-huh. Ken Jeong Ken was. Jeong of uh the Hangover sure. fame uh, knocked up uh, TV's community. Yeah. He was in this movie. Kind of kind of a boring role for him. Yeah, now. very boring.
1: Mm-hmm. Um nothing to really say about him. Um if you ever want to see uh, Ken Young as a uh, as a straight man, rent all about Steve.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're tired of him like doing crazy funny improvs where he's yelling about stuff and uh, wanted to just be like uh, like a pussycat character, mm. this is the film for you.
2: Also, if you want to uh, waste an evening, you can also rent this
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> Similar thing. If you want to hit yourselves in the balls with the <laughs> hammer, you can watch this movie instead. If you don't have a hammer. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. for the, I guess the same feeling? Is that yeah. what you're going for? <laughs> that's okay. what I'm saying. Sure.
1: It's equivalent. If you ever want to equivalent. see Sandra Bullock slide down a banister in nothing but a towel and a bathing cap... Why would she think that's a good idea? She's coming out of the bathroom. She's put a the
0: towel around The actress or herself. the character? <laughs> well, anyone. Anyone. The anyone involved writer? in the film. She's coming out of the bathroom. She's had a bath. She has just a towel around. And she's going to slide down a banister and literally... Her you can imagine wet. you don't slide
2: very well. No, but
0: like also she she slings her leg over. You can imagine her bare vagina is what is sliding down this banister. You you're looking at me, Stuart. I'm, just,
2: and... I'm thinking about a bear's vagina right now. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, th- I thought you were looking at me as if you weren't imagining that. But that's that's the only thing you can think about. It's like she's to... nude
1: and she's sliding down this banister. It's an image that gets stuck in your head and it makes you realize why some people have sex with Nazis. <laughs> i guess you're right if you've ever wondered what dro- what's uh, what drove a man to to uh to to stick it into some white supremacist tattooed lady uh uh-huh. it is that that scene in the film
2: topical <laughs> oh right the the uh the cowboy fella uh-huh. that she was married jesse, to jesse james <laughs> yeah of the James Gang, huh? <laughs> famous bank uh, <laughs> robber, he, he
0: fell out of the time machine, right <laughs> <laughs> into a tattoo and, parlor and, Mar- and married Oscar winner <laughs> Sandra Look. and Razzie winner, right? Yeah, she won she a ran Razzie. No, we should talk about that because um, she is desperately committed to this part. Like she is really pouring her heart and soul into this, and the movie is not giving back to her. Like the, 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 this is an ill-conceived uh, role. I, this role is supposed to be lovably quirky, but you watch this film and you're like, "This woman has a mental disorder of some kind. Like she is way down on the Asperger scale. Like she has a uh, disability." Right? No, clearly, yeah,
2: yeah. It's not. It's and not. It's not her bad highlights. <laughs> <Okay>. Boom, <laughs> boom, zing, <laughs> boom. Hairdresser. <laughs> Uh yeah. now I was you know I was about to make a comment like it might not be fair for her to to get a Razzie because I mean her parts just written really poorly
0: in a really poorly written movie in general but and, I mean, and as people reported she was a good sport she showed up to the Razzie she accepted her Razzie in person
2: And I guess I guess it when you when you're nominated for an Oscar like it's not like they're like oh well you know the only reason they're winning is because they got like their part was written really well I mean mm-hmm. so I guess
0: I guess it's her fault. Certainly her. not true for the blind side. Zing, boom. Man, good one, dude. Yeah, anyway.
1: Well, regardless, I mean, she's still a producer on the film. She has <laughs> the power to rewrite stuff if it's not yeah, working. Yeah, there's, there's a certain yeah. amount of
0: culpability.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, it was really bad. Um she wasn't she wasn't <laughs> funny at all. There's a lot of uh failed attempt. Like I haven't not la- I mean, it's it's tough for for a woman to be in a kind of like a physical comedy like a comedy in a
0: man's world Stuart. in a
2: man's world absolutely which is physical comedy to some extent um and i mean like it has not it hasn't been since we watched dirty love together that i've i've seen a woman <laughs> try to do like wacky gross out comedy or just wacky comedy and fail so badly yeah and it'd be like ridiculously painful to watch oh
0: god this movie guys
2: but yeah. but this movie didn't feature a scene where Jenny McCarthy is slipping around on her, her own mens- own menstrual, menstrual blood, blood. In, a, <laughs> yeah. in a grocery store.
0: That, that did not happen.
2: No, I mean, this I mean, movie did
0: have a tornado in it for some reason. There was a tornado. It had a tornado and and Sandra Bullock falling down a well. Two things that I did not expect to see in <laughs> all about
2: Steve. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, those were surprises. I
0: mean,
2: um. I didn't uh, spend 20 minutes of this movie in the bathroom crying like I expected, so that was kind of uh, a surprise.
0: Mm. Scrubbing yourself. Yep. Mm. Scrubbing the dirt off. But uh, I just can't get clean.
1: I got to see uh, Sandra Bullock's likeness carved into an apple, which is something that I never thought I'd see.
2: That's true. You, uh, yeah. you do get that
1: out of Yeah, that. DJ Quall's character trait is uh, he somehow makes a living selling apple carvings yeah. of famous people, like Mother <laughs> Teresa uh, and... Uh,
0: Skinny, thespian DJ Qualls. That's his quirky uh,
1: job in this film. It's a living. Mm -hmm. pays well enough to get bumper stickers made. (laughs) Sure. Which is the last thing you see before the car disappears into a volcano. I mean, um, a tornado, rather. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) there's a (laughs) volcano? Oh, man, I didn't even see the cicadas. They're saving that for the sequel. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Sandra Bullock will somehow be able to reconstruct it uh, out of the wreckage, like she did in this film. When the car disappeared in the tournament. Yeah,
0: yeah, they fixed the car. Oh, man, I don't even want to talk about that. This movie, I mean, in a way, this movie felt like a weird... Like the movie wanted to be kind of a parody of a rom-com. You know? Like, I, I feel like... Okay,
2: try and sell me on this idea, dude. I feel
0: like it's two steps away from being a smarter movie that's like, Hey, you know what? Every fucking protagonist in a romantic comedy is actually uh, mentally ill and what they're doing is stalking and it's crazy but this movie did not have the courage of its convictions because halfway through the movie they start making sandra bullock a lovable misfit and at the end of the movie bradley cooper is like oh you know what she's just you know she's just a sweetheart you know she's she's she, people people don't understand her she's smart and she's funny and she's great and someday she's gonna find someone who really makes her happy you know but like up until that point, like, it kind of felt like it wanted to be a little smarter than it was and be like, you know what? These people are fucking
1: loons and you should uh, be f- afraid of them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all the other – the way the characters uh, up until about the midpoint of the film react to Sandra Bullock's character is completely rational. I mean, they, they openly tell her to her face that she is insane and that she shouldn't <laughs> be behaving this way and you know, she is uh, acting like a sociopath. Uh, but and that she makes a lot of these choices that are typical
2: romantic comedy choices, like just up and like running along to go see this guy, and like even the world starts going against her a little bit, like the bus driver's like, man, this fucking bitch is crazy, and kicks her off the bus, or like tricks her to get off the bus, and uh, it's almost like the world is trying to like show you that this person, like that kind of behavior, is not going to actually succeed for you. Yeah, and in a way, it doesn't, but it's still it's terrible. Watch Oh
0: god I don't know I think that we uh, We need to shut it down guys I think we need to Make our final judgments On this film Okay So uh, To sum up again For people who Don't listen Regularly The categories are Is this a good bad movie A bad bad movie Or a movie that you Actually kind of liked In some way Stuart I'm going to go to you first Because you were Staring pensively off Into the middle distance While wearing my hat
2: Um, I'm actually kind of divided on this one, because it is a terrible movie, and it isn't really that much fun to watch, but there's enough stupid stuff in it, and enough stuff that is really questionable, a lot of the decisions are questionable, that it makes it like, you kind of want to watch it, because it's kind of fun to watch this terribly made movie, and a lot of people that have been good in other things, like Keith David for instance uh getting a chance to act in a in a movie. So I, I can't I can't completely say one or the other. This is a terrible movie though. Okay. It doesn't really work on any level. <laughs> Brock, what do you have to
0: say about I
1: would say that this is a bad 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 movie. Okay. Uh they're uh uh if it's 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 good if you want to be infuriated by mm-hmm. uh, by loose threads that are never explained, uh, <laughs> by the fact that it could not have been written if not for Wikipedia, the uh, the amount of trivia that is crammed into uh, Sandra Bullock's dialogue. Uh, I did not it's enjoy It's not really this.
2: dialogue, though. It's mainly just monologues. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's as if her inner in monologue is somehow being broadcast uh, to the viewers. Uh, Such an irritating principal character.
2: Mm-hmm. Like a character that every time she's on the screen, it makes you want to go into the other room. And that's a large portion of the movie.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, it's going to be a full spectrum. I'm going to give this a marginal good-bad rating because I feel like it's a weird, this movie's a weird duck. There's like individual jokes in it that are actually genuinely funny because like somewhere, someone involved in it had like some instincts to do like smart things i mean like it's there's good casting there's some like really like wacky stuff that is kind of funny but like those good jokes are not connected to anything larger um as a movie on the whole it's like completely ill-conceived the main character as we said is a lunatic who you don't have sympathy for because She's just irritating, and she doesn't have any like social sense of, of anything at all. However, like part of the movie like wants to be a little subversive and uh, you know point out the fact that she's a lunatic who you should not be sympathizing with. But then the movie goes soft and you know wants to have it both ways and have her like be like a lovable misfit. But there is enough stuff in it that's just like so well conceived that you have to see it. I kind of want to recommend it as a as a good bad movie.
2: The thing is, is that it's like there's large chunks of the movie what where they're trying to get across this message of like, oh, just be yourself. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Sandra Bullock, this quirky person. Like, oh, like she's she's an original, but no, in fact, she's like an autistic person. And not to say anything bad about autistic people, but like you don't want to be one. <laughs> like, well, if you had the choice, yeah. Like, I, I, but what I'm trying to say is, you're not like I want to be like a crazy autistic person. Like, nobody's going to say that. Not even an autistic person. So, I don't I, like there. That point doesn't work. Like, because she's not just like a quirky, creative person. She's a person with a handicap.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna have, we're gonna hear from a lot of people with autism. I feel like after you've, uh... I'm sorry,
1: crisis averted. Uh, it's okay.
0: Alright, well, now now that that's that's been done, I'm going to move on to uh, sort of mailbag. This is not technically the mailbag, this is, we're going to talk about some of the comments um, on the last episode. Okay. Uh, First off, we got a comment about um, about how we were looking for Flophouse babies, people who were were conceived during the (laughs) Flophouse. And, uh, Guardo, the gentleman who didn't, who has the hotcakes podcast, who couldn't remember my name for a while, but then apologized for not knowing my name. Sure. Uh, says, You're not uh, that memorable, I guess. Yeah, no, that's, we've established that. Stan, right? Stan <laughs> McCoy? <laughs> all about Stan. <laughs> and by the way, this film, um, you know, all about Steve, not that great, but, uh, certainly better than the, uh, magnificent Stan Bersons. And, uh, <laughs> But not quite as good as uh, the postman always rings Gary. So <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clear that up. But uh, Guardo says, uh, just a comment regarding Flophouse Babies. My wife is pregnant with our first child who was conceived for, via IUI, intrauterine insemination. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Uh, but he says, since the podcast, or, since the procedure was performed on a Monday... It's possible that the conception did take place while I was listening to the podcast. Uh, more specifically, it would have been the Dragon Ball Evolution episode. I've been racking my brain to figure out a way to name the child, regardless of sex, after all of you guys. Is there a single name that captures the spirit of Dan, Elliot, and Stewart? or do you guys happen to all share a middle name? That would be crazy, man. What I would recommend first
2: is to talk to your wife about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Number one.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I I I I don't know. Uh, El Danuart. <laughs> yeah, El Danuart. <laughs> that's there's something very medieval about that name. <laughs> I think sounds <laughs> yeah. like a forgotten knight. I think that's the. I think that's currently the fifth most popular male name. Uh, <laughs> um,
2: sounds like a like a title like the title of a Spanish robber. <laughs> El Danuart.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, we meet again. I you know I don't want to take anything away from this uh, fine gentleman because you know he's the only one who's so far um, responded to our call conceived for... a baby to well listening <laughs> to the flop exactly house. but I don't know I don't know whether this counts I don't know whether um, whether insemination counts as well, conceiving it count. to the flop well it's not like there were fucking religion the doesn't flop have to house. come into this dude. Well, I, don't know what you, I don't know what you're saying about religion. Oh, okay. I thought I you want, were saying something about No, religion. I'm saying that I want okay. people to be in, involved in the carnal act of love while listening to our show. I want to think of us as like facilitators. We set a romantic mood.
2: So you're more interested in finding out the people that have sex
0: while listening to our podcast I'm rather interested, than
2: the actual creation of children. No,
0: I, look, childbirth is a miracle, Stuart. Yeah.
2: No, no doubt,
0: <laughs> but I want to hear the dirty, dirty stories of okay. people fucking, like okay, while listening to our show. That's okay. what I want to hear.
1: Cool, yeah, that's. What, I mean,
0: I mean, Brock, you can understand this. Right? Well, I
1: think my main concern is that why would you ever deprive the world of a little Guardo Junior or Guardo the <laughs> Second? Uh, I like that. Yeah, it's it's such a I great name. need Yeah, uh, you don't need to, you
0: know, you don't need yeah. to make it Flophouse related. Yeah. I mean, you have a name like Guardo.
1: It's a beautiful name. Pa- pass night.
0: it on to the next. <laughs> it's a uh, musical.
1: Yeah, I, I also, too, want to hear dirty, dirty stale, uh, tales of banging to a podcast.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I
1: think about Elliot while I do it. Is that Does that count? <laughs>
0: That's the only way you can maintain an erection.
2: <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, I don't, I, I'm not going to keep
0: talking. <laughs> gonna... So... Um... I'm just gonna. I'm gonna run through. Like we had a lot of comments on the last show. I'm gonna run through. Um, is that a, like a good thing or? A... Well, no, it is a good thing. But okay. there was a request. We should do a, a flop house movie minute of your depressing recipes.
2: Okay. Oh, for wait, what was depressing about your for...
0: unemployment recipes? Okay. <laughs> um, as one of the commenters says, uh, Matt, he says, uh, "I was trying to remember all of Stewart's recipes from memory last night." And you could only remember the grilled cheese hamburger one. It's a good one.
1: Yeah. What well, uh, What is that exactly? Well, needs, no, okay. Uh...
2: What you do is you make a you make a. You you've had a hamburger before, right, Brock? <laughs> I okay. have. Well, uh, I'm gonna flip your lid. Imagine instead of two buns, okay? Okay. You have two grilled cheese sandwiches, and then the burger in the middle. Burger in the mu- middle. Now, let's take that a step further. Okay. Instead of, instead of bread you have Red Baron frozen pizzas. Okay? <laughs> okay. And instead of cheese, you have like cream cheese or like Gruyere or Brie. And then in, for the bottom, we're going to make this even crazier. You have two Oreo pizzas. Okay? The dessert pizzas. Okay? And instead of cheese, you have, uh, I, well, I mean, you still have cheese. Uh, probably cheddar. I think cheddar. Yeah, cheddar is, goes
1: well with most sweets.
2: Something to add. <laughs> so, you know, like, like an apple pie with cheddar on yeah. it. So that's, that's the, that's, and then you have obviously, you know, 100% ground beef. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually go a little bit lean sometimes. Instead of beef, I use bison meat, okay? Because that's a little better sure. for Yeah, a little healthy. Or a little yeah. ostrich, maybe. <laughs> mm, I prefer the bison because it makes me feel more like a, like yeah. a guy who just killed a bison. <laughs> sure.
0: You feel like you're depleting one of the natural resources of this great land.
2: Yeah, well, what about an ostrich, dude?
0: <laughs> well, They're not, endangered too. It's not, it's not indigenous. <laughs> those well so. yeah
2: i mean if i was australian it would be right okay well
0: sure fair enough anyway we're gonna continue uh <laughs> we're running a long time actually apparently we had more to say about uh this film tonight than i thought Madness. but um there was the, the message boards were on fire yeah, they, were. <laughs> they were on fire about back to the future part two and they were all in agreement that i was right that there was a paradox in back to the future part two i just recommend that everyone listening goes to um the theflophousepodcast.com com and reads the comments about uh, Back to the Future Part 2 and the paradox inherent in it. Are you talking to our, our listeners? Or, yeah, or like talk, me? I'm, talk, I'm, talk, <laughs> I'm talking to, specifically to you, Stuart. <laughs> because you seem so disinterested in my long digression about <laughs> Back to Biff the World? Future. Your Biff World
2: argument? No, it was not a bit <laughs>
0: you, Go back and listen to The Law Abiding Citizen. But... There was a there was a commenter that said uh, specifically um, that uh, he finds it amusing that all of the uh, the comments about uh, on the on the message boards were about Back to the Future and not Law Abiding Citizen. That was. Uh,
2: well, apparently, that was like an open and shut case. Like, there's nothing more that can be said about Law Abiding Citizen after what we yeah, said. Yeah, but there's
0: so there's a rich vein to dive into with the Back to the Future films.
2: Yeah, Law Abiding Citizen, you've been served. <laughs> Stick a fork in that <laughs> movie,
0: it's been properly Step killed. up to the streets. <laughs> sure.
2: Uh, are we going to watch, there's a 3D one of those coming out. Are we going to oh, watch oh, that? Holy
0: shit, we are going to. Well, that's the summer.
2: It'll be weird, though, because, wait, can we watch in 3D on the TV here? We might have to go to the movie theater.
0: We may have to go to the movie theater and do a flop Excursion. house.
2: Excursion. Mm. Uh, a field trip. trip. Which we'll, we'll let everybody know when we're going so we can get a th- theater bursting with flop house fans.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm sure that'll happen. Um, now, the next thing that we do here is we talk about movies that we actually enjoyed um, just to make us seem less like jerks. Um, and so Brock, I know that you've, uh, you've put a lot of thought into this. I have. So um, yeah, this is, is a movie I saw
1: recently with, uh, with Elliot. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's entitled A New Leaf. Um, it's, uh, written and directed and, uh, uh, starring Elaine May. Um, it's one of her first, uh, uh filmmaking efforts. Uh, it also stars Walter Matthau as a, uh, incredibly obscenely rich, uh, millionaire who has lost all his money through his uh, profligate ways. Um, and he comes up with a, a deal with his uncle who hates him. Uh, basically loan me uh, $50,000 for the next six weeks. Um, and I will find somebody that I can marry and then live off of for the rest of my life. Uh, and uh, what, what, Walter Matthau then uh, hides from his, his his uncle is that uh, if he doesn't find a wife within six weeks, he is going to kill himself. Uh, huh. So it's a whirlwind tour of uh, all the, the freakish women of, of high society. Uh, and eventually, right before the end of the six weeks, he finds... Uh, uh, Elaine May's character, who is uh, who's quirky but charmingly so, uh, and a botanist like Sandra Bullock. Exactly, it's uh, the the quirks are maintained. Uh, she actually shows proficiency at her her job, which is botany. Uh, she is uh, you know uh, constantly uh, and appropriately using metaphors related to her job. Unlike Sandra Bullock in this film, uh, who is uh, amazingly adept at talking about crossword puzzling in a uh, uh, a vague and uh <laughs> unappealing yeah non-specific way but uh anyway um to get back to a new leaf which is a, a very funny very uh very entertaining film uh i re- would recommend it highly it's uh uh after walter Matthau falls uh, or or attempts to woo elaine may he decides that he's going to kill her and uh, uh you know uh, take over her estate but um as time goes on realizes that he you know, uh, he has second thoughts uh, about his his course of action. Uh, it, it also stars um, a surprisingly sexy Doris Roberts, um, huh. which is uh, a side of her that I never thought I would see. I'm not surprised. Mm. <laughs> okay, but uh, but yeah, very entertaining. Uh, it's it's a rom com uh, that is heavy on the com, uh, which is uh, will be a nice palate cleanser after anybody who uh, dares to watch all about Steve.
0: Well, I haven't watched anything. Uh, new recently, I haven't had time to watch anything new recently that I would recommend, but I did rewatch The Man Who Wasn't There, which is a Coen Brothers movie that I feel was unjustly forgotten.
1: I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I, uh, I think that it, the, every day that goes by, I think that might be their best film.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't know if I would go that far, but it's, it's a very strong movie that,
1: you know, it, it came, did it come directly after... Fargo or directly Re- after the Oh, Brother, oh Brother. Where Art Thou? Yeah, it came, uh, it was, I think it was even the same year as Oh, Brother, Were Art Thou, or at least within the same 12 months. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it came back to back really quickly. And yeah, for whatever reason, I agree with you, uh, sort of slipped off the radar for whatever reason. And I
0: like Oh, Brother, Where Art there a lot, but I actually like The Man Who Wasn't There better. And I like The Man Who Wasn't There better than some of the later Coen Brothers movies that have gotten uh, sort of more respect because it's, it's more Coen-y. <laughs> like it has a lot of distilled Cohen-ness, and it's beautifully shot it's uh i mean it's it's a pastiche but it's not like slavishly so like it it, it has its own thing going on it, it manages to take all of these cultural like signifiers from the time period that it's it set in and turn them into something new and i feel like the end of uh, the man who wasn't there is actually Deeply moving.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's it's an incredibly funny film, but at the same time there's like a rich vein of sadness that gets mined yeah. frequently. Um uh and yeah, Billy Bob Thornton's uh uh his his performance uh, I always find fascinating and how much he's able to convey without uh doing anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh well I think the
0: Cohen's like I mean the the rap against them is always that they're like this, this, these unsympathetic puppet masters, but I feel like I don't. I, I feel like that's people who I, I actually like. I said this online, like I was writing something. I, I I feel like this is people who confuse being nice with being good. Like I, I you know, the Coens do not ever, you know, uh, allow their characters to get away with anything. Like they they cast a very stern eye on them, but at the same time like there's a lot of sympathy and empathy there i feel like for the characters and um you know billy bob thornton is this guy who's caught up in something sort of larger that he doesn't ever fully understand but it's 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 very sad and touching at the end you know like mm-hmm. where where he comes to Stuart, what do you think
2: well guys <clears throat> uh i'm a, i'm going to recommend a movie that i saw recently um, but I'm not actually going to talk very much about it because I think uh, I think a lot has already been said. Um, watched uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, <laughs> and there's this really awesome scene where he's shooting arrows at a village, and all the village expl- <laughs> all the village explodes. Um, and there's this other scene where uh, this woman he loves gets shot with an AK-47. <laughs> By a bunch of dudes with AK forty sevens. So he picks up an AK forty seven and kind of fires indiscriminately at them. <laughs> and uh one by one they start falling down dead. And uh yeah, he fires way more bullets than would be in the uh the, the clip, but that's that's because cool it's Rambo, man. Uh so yeah, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Good movie.
0: Fair enough. The full spectrum tonight
2: of yep. recommendations. Laughs, sadness,
0: and awesome battling. Hey, guys. All about Steve.
2: Yeah. Uh, plugs. Anyone want to plug? i, gotta plug oh, you, you I, to, I got to plug something. Oh, you You wanted to
0: plug something. i got to right, plug
2: something. First of all, uh, I'd like everyone to know that if you live in the Park Slope or what, Windsor Terrace? No, I don't know. Uh, if you live near Flatbush, um, you should go to Charlene's Bar to watch the World Cup because uh, we just got a projector and it's really cool. Uh-huh. And we're going to be serving bagels and coffee. Um, and I'm going to be there, so if you want to talk about soccer or crappy movies, I'll be there. And um, I'll be work. Uh, I got a job, Dan. Holy shit! I did, yeah. Talk uh, about
1: burying the lead.
2: I know. I'm going to be working a couple of a uh, couple of shifts at Prospect Park uh, for Celebrate Brooklyn. So if you want to see me, working- now this is a
0: free concert series that Brooklyn puts on in Prospect Park.
2: So, and if you want to see, I uh, have a free autograph from Stuart, you can come by and yell at me and I'll sign something for you. Yeah,
0: you'll be at the bar. Probably, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, as long as we're plugging things um I will plug nine ammeetingcom dot com do it my animated web series Brock would you like to plug uh, something? i'll
1: plug whimquarterly.com, dot com uh the uh, humor magazine uh that's currently now in its third issue uh it features writing from people like dan and uh very uh a lot of other very talented people, and it's, uh, it's a humor magazine. It's printed on flammable paper. You know, uh, The heat goes out one cold winter night. Uh, you're going to wish that you'd bought 20, so you have some kindling for the fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you it. get some laughs, and then you uh, get a fire. Yeah, it, you get bigger laughs as you watch it You know, uh, crinkle and burn in the flames. It's beautifully put together. If
0: I was not a contributor, I would still enjoy this magazine. Um, so, guys, I guess that's it. Um, Brock, I hope that you uh, have lived to regret... Insisting upon a worse movie than Paul Blart Mall
1: Cop, I'm going to ask for a secretly good movie for next time around. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, thank you very uh, much I'd for having me. i request one of those too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's this is uh, the second time that I've done it, and it's always a lot of fun. So uh, thanks for having me back.
0: Well, thanks for coming, and uh, it's time to sign off for the Flop House. I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington, and I've been Brock Mahan Good night, uh, everyone. Good night.
2: You're taller than Elliot too. I think that goes to your credit i mean i I don't have any i don't have a back a background in i'm not a working screenwriter or anything dan i'm not a working comedy writer